1 Samuel 22, we're going to read verse 2. And everyone who is in distress, everybody say distress. Everyone who is in debt, everybody say debt. And everyone who was discontented, everybody say discontented, gathered to him. So he became captain over them, and they were about 400 men with him. Now the scripture here is speaking about David before he was king, when he was on the run from Saul. Now, this was not the A-team of the military. This was a group of angry people, disturbed people, discontented people, distressed people. These were people in debt. How many know what I'm talking about here this morning? So you could even say they were a motley crew. That's for AJ. Amen? It was a gathering of the worst elements in society. They had nothing to gain. They had lost everything. They had no hope, no future. No one wanted them around. They were on the run. And they ended up with David, who was also on the run. It was a gathering of the worst elements in society. See, David was able to unite them. And I believe that they taught each other first. Ooh, we got the PowerPoint. Come on now. They taught him the problems of the common people. See, if he would have stayed in the palace, eating with the king and hanging out with the prince, he would not be able to understand the people. Now, everybody that came to him, he wouldn't understand them. See, I want you to understand something. That's why we don't hang out too much in church. Are you guys with me? That's why we take church out into the streets. That's why we take it to the lakes. That's why we take it to the different places. Why? Because we believe church doesn't belong in a building. See, we want to get out there where the people are. We want to be with the people. Can I get an amen? amen. See, when people suffer, they, they try to find people that will understand their suffering. It's kind of like being married. You get the engagement ring, the wedding ring, and then the suffering. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. See, because when you've experienced things within your life, you begin to relate to people. You begin to relate to people on a deeper level that are hurting because how many know you've been there? You've, you've felt their pain. You've been exactly where they are, but you've been delivered. So you've got an answer for them. You could bring them out of their situation. Why? Because God is with us. Who could stand against us? Are you with me? So God is going to use all your past experiences so you can minister to others. The second thing that the 400 did was they forced him to develop leadership skills that he would need as a king. See, when you get around people, they mold you. Are you with me? That's called discipleship. See, if David could mold these men into a disciplined fighting unit, he could lead anybody. See, David trained them, and they trained David. Iron sharpens iron. You know, whenever we get into a discipleship process with different folks, let me tell you something. They shape your life just as much as you shape their life. That's why it's not easy to discipline. It's not easy to disciple. It's a difficult situation. But don't get mad at me, but it reminds me of the church. I know that we're all dressed up. We're all looking good. Some of you are smelling good. Can I get an amen? But somewhere in your closet, 
there were some things you wish never happened. If you look way back, somewhere in your past, there was a crack house. Somewhere in your past, there was a shooting gallery. Somewhere in your past, there was a street corner. Somewhere in your past, you did something that you're not proud of today. You stole from your mama. Your relatives locked the doors when they seen you coming. They said, you know what? I got to hide everything. Let me hide my purse. Here they come. Somewhere down memory lane, you didn't have any friends. You didn't have any peace. You didn't have any money. You didn't have any joy. You were on drugs. You were a womanizer. You were a prisoner. But something happened. You came to Jesus with all of your problems. You, came, you walked straight into the church house. You walked straight into the home. You were all messed up. You didn't come in all cleaned up. God doesn't wait for you to get cleaned up. You came in all messed up, all dirty. You came bound. You came oppressed. You came high. You came drunk. You came angry. You came bitter. And he took you just like you were. He took you just like you were. Why? Because he saw something in your life that possibly you didn't even see. I remember coming into the home. I figured I'm just going to die here. It doesn't matter anymore. I gave up on life. And Pastor Steve saw something in my life that I didn't see in myself. And he began to mold me and shape me and groom me and said, I'm going to send you somewhere. I'm going to do something with your life. Why? Because he saw something in me that I didn't even see. And that's how Jesus looks at us. When he looks at us, he sees something in us, not who we are, not what we've done, but who we can become. So when he calls you, it's not a mistake. You're not here by accident. God has a plan and a purpose and a destiny for your life. I was so blessed to see the gang up here. I was up there crying because these young men and women are going to take the world for Jesus. You know why? Because they don't come in the way we came in. They came in a little better. They came in with a little fire in their bones. They said, I know what I got to do. I'm already catching it now. Some of us didn't get in here until we were 40 years old. It's never too late, but they got a head start. Imagine what they're going to do for God. Amen? See, he looked at the worst, but Jesus saw the best. That's what I love about Jesus, man. And that's how we have to begin to look at people as well. It doesn't matter how they look on the outside. No, we've got to begin to look at the heart because that's where Jesus looks. He looks at the heart. Let me tell you, heart of the bay, God is looking here right now. He wants to see what we're going to do. He wants to see how we're going to act. He wants to see how we're going to disciple, how we're going to pray, how we're going to raise people up. Is anybody glad that Jesus saw something in your life? See, he looked at a bunch of rejects that nobody wanted, and he said, I'll put them on my team. That's what he did in the cave. I'll turn, I'll turn them into the greatest fighting force the world has ever seen. And that's what David did with God's help with those 400 men. Thirdly, they became an elite army with courage, ability, and integrity. See, God is doing the same thing here in the heart of the bay. He's raising up a courageous people. He's giving us abilities. He's teaching us to live uh, good character and integrity. So when we go out there, we're not going to give God a bad name. Are you with me? 
See, our leaders are developing us to be an elite fighting machine. Right here in this place, he's building an army. Yeah, we're the family of God, and we believe in family. But let me tell you something. There's a big difference between family and an army. A family is held together basically by the bonds of blood and love. But an army is held together by commitment. They're held together by order. They're held together by vision. Are you with me? And that's what God is doing here in the heart of the bay. If you have your Bibles, go to the book of Luke, chapter 19. Are you getting something here? We're going to look at verse 13. It should be on the board, yeah. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them ten minas, and said to them, do business till I come. Now the pulpit commentary puts it this way. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. See, Jesus isn't just speaking to the family of God. He is speaking to the army of God. He said, occupy till I come. Occupy is a military term. The word is not passive. Passive means without resistance or immobile. That's what passive means. But occupy is active. It means alive, full of force and energy. It's not on the defensive, but it's on the offensive. In other words, when you begin to occupy, you begin to take care of business. You're not just hanging, a lot, hanging around. No, you're fighting the good fight. You're doing what it takes. You're looking at needs. You're filling the needs. You're making things happen. And that's what God wants to do in the heart of the bay. He's going to make things happen through our lives. See, this means in order to fulfill this command, we've got to be forceful and aggressively moving forward. That's what it means to occupy. You're aggressively moving forward. Because let me tell you something. If you're not moving forward, you're not just standing still. You're going back. You're retreating. You're retreating. you got to be aggressive in the kingdom. See, that's why a lot of people don't make it. They were talking about a lot of people aren't here because the devil. Yeah, because they're not getting aggressive. They're not fighting. A little thing, and all of a sudden, they want to run away. Nah. you got to be able to take some hits, get up, and hit again. You're going to take hits as a Christian. That happens, especially as you rise to the top. It gets windy at the top, man. You're going to take bigger hits, and you learn to take big hits. You, you might hit the ground hard, but you're going to come up fighting. You're not going to give up. You're not going to quit just because things aren't easy. It's all right. Are you with me here? You've got to be on the offense. See, we are engaging and overcoming resistance. We need to understand that. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. The Word of God says, Behold, I give you authority. Everybody say authority. To trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Authority. Say authority. authority. Say it like you mean it. Authority. See, in the Greek, this includes the power and the right to exercise that power. See, not only do you have the power, but you have the right to exercise that power. See, sometimes we forget our rights. We think the devil is stronger than God. No way, Jose. Where's Jose? No way. No way. 
No, you have been given the power and the right. It is your right as a Christian to walk in the authority of God. It is your right to fight the enemy. It is your right to stand up for goodness, for morality. It is our right. Don't be afraid. See, let me tell you something. Here it meant that Jesus not only enabled and empowered, but also he anointed these people to aggressively move forward and advance the kingdom. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're called to do. That's who we are. We advance the kingdom. That's who we are. That's what we do. That's it. Do you get it? See, he's speaking to us, heart of the bay. If I break this new pulpit, I'm done. I'm done. It's my first time behind it. If I break it, I might have to go to Russia. Matthew 11. Let's move on quietly. Verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. See, the violent take it by force. In the definition of the Greek, in the passive voice, the kingdom presses forward passionately. Passionately. In other words, you've got to have passion. If you don't have any passion, how are you going to advance the kingdom? If you're just kumbaya, my Lord, no, that's not going to advance the kingdom. To advance the kingdom, you've got to have passion within your lives. When Jesus went to the cross, what do they call it? The passion. Because he was passionate about souls. He understood, man, this is what we do. It presses forward passionately. See, God's not speaking to everyone. Did you know that? He's speaking specifically to an elite group of the body that are on fire. The group that's on fire, establishing the kingdom of God here on earth. That's who he's talking to. They're putting everything that opposes the kingdom under their feet with passion. You've got to have passion to do that because the enemy's throwing all kinds of stuff. They're trying to sue Bible companies now. Did you see that? This one guy, because he talks about homosexuality in a negative way, it's not politically correct. So I'm going to try to sue him for $70 million. Shut up. Shut up. It's the word of God. You can't fight against the word of God. See, these are the things that are going to happen nowadays. These are the things that we're going to have to contend with. We love them. Yeah, we love them. But we want to make them right before God. We are on the front lines. See, we are called to be on the front lines because we're a frontline ministry. We've been doing it for 48 years. We are the best trained, the best equipped, and the most qualified for inner city ministry. There's a lot of great ministries. I'm not down on anybody, but this is our calling. This is what we do. This is who we are. Are you with me? For 48 years, we've been impacting the inner cities of the world, and we're not done. We're just getting started. The gang is rising up right now. They're getting ready to take some cities. They're not playing games over here. Get ready. They're going to leave you behind in the dust. Unless you get passionate. Unless you get passionate. And praise the Lord for that, gang. We love you guys. See, there was a practice among certain Christian knights in medieval times. When I read this, I love this. I wrote it down. 
before leaving for battle, they would receive the sacraments with one foot in the stirrup. In other words, they were ready to take action. They were passionate about their calling. They got the sacraments from the priest or whoever gave it to them, but they had one foot in the stirrup. They were ready to take off. See, that's how we got to be. We got to have one foot on the plane. Come on, where do you you want me to go? Where do you want me to go? Is this on? Is this VO? Come on, you don't know where God's going to call you. You never know. I went to the Philippines for six months. It lasted 18 years. So we're going to send you for six months? You no. See, we are an advancing army. I'm trying to get that through our heads tonight and our hearts. Not a hold the fort, not an all beat up, head hanging down army. No, we bring the fight. Who else is bringing the fight to the inner city? Who else is going out there to the streets and having rallies? Who else is doing shotgun? I read the script this morning. It's, it's tight. I got a little less lines, but I get shot twice, so that's good. So that'll be my acting ability. My leg gets blown off. Well, I'm not going to spill it now, but it's going to be good. So I'm going to have to amputate before we do the play. So I can, just kidding. I'll give it all for Christ. Amen. But we bring the fight. That's why we have life groups. Because we bring the fight. That's why we have Vetti. Because we bring the fight. We're trying to equip for battle. See, you can judge a man by whether if given a choice, he asks for a light burden or a strong back. What are you asking for? Are you, oh, give me something light to carry. No, ask for a strong back. God is looking for strong bats, men and women with a backbone that are willing to go the extra mile, that are willing to fight. They're like, oh, it's too hard to do. Nah. No. We need strong backs. Men and women with a spinal cord. Hallelujah. We know jellyfish Christians. We are an advancing army. We're the best. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're the best. We are the most qualified, best trained, bravest, and boldest army in the kingdom of God at this time, in these end days. God is raising us up for a purpose. I don't know. If you look at the world, what's going on, man? I think Jesus is getting the itch, man. God's going to send him pretty quick. We got to be about our business. We got to win the world for Jesus, man. We can't play games anymore. There's no time for that. We can't sit around the campfire cooking spores and all that s'mores, whatever. Danny spores, where's he at? <laughs> Are you guys with me? See, when David Livingston was asked if he didn't fear going into Africa, and it was too difficult and too dangerous. You know what he said? He said, I am immortal until the will of God for me is accomplished. He understood that it doesn't matter what happens out there. If God's not done with me, he's going to protect me. If God's not finished with me yet, he's going to give me extra years. He's going to give me the strength. He's going to give me the anointing. He's going to take me where no man has gone before. Why? Because that's his will for my life. Don't worry about what the doctor says. Worry about what God says. Find God's perfect and pleasing will. Step out in faith. Don't listen to the naysayers. Do it. I'm getting a little passionate up here. See, that's the DNA of our founders. That's the DNA of our elders. That's who we are. That's who we are. 
Never forget where we come from. See, God didn't give us these weapons just to hold down the fort until Jesus gets back. He gave us the blood of Jesus and the authority to use his name. The word of God, prayer and fasting, the gifts of the spirit. He didn't give us these weapons of power just so we could sit down and wait for the rapture bus. No. No. I want to be caught doing what I'm supposed to be doing when that comes. You know where you're supposed to be? Praying for somebody on a corner. That's where you're supposed to be. If you're sitting in a pew, you might not even hit the bus. I never seen the rapture bus come through a church. It's going to be out there in the street. There's going to be a last, a last final amen. I don't know when that is. Only God knows when that is. But somebody's going to be leading somebody to Christ, and there's going to be a final amen. And then, wouldn't it be awesome if you're the one leading that final amen? Ooh, first one on the boat. See, these weapons are for us to advance the kingdom. I really believe God is raising us up in these end days. We're a base. We've always had an international scope in this church. Always, always. Pastor Steve always saw ahead of everybody else. His son, Chip off the old rock, always sees ahead of everybody else. We have an international scope. It's a place where we're trained, we're equipped, we're mobilized to take the world for Jesus. Pastor Steve used to always say this, there's no ceiling. There's no ceiling. Whatever God puts in your heart, you can do it. You can do it. You can be a pastor, just not here. That's what he was saying. <laughs> Amen? Now, I know this message is not for everyone. It's a little sharp. It might be a little penetrating. And a lot of uncomfortable people are going, why did I come today? But if you want to lead... You got to turn your back on the crowd. You got to turn your back on the crowd. I couldn't preach this in most churches. The pastor would have been going like this already. No, 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 can't preach that here. But this is not most churches. This is Victory Outreach. This is who we are. This is what we do. Our DNA says we're bred for battle. So if we're not fighting, we're out of alignment. If you come from another church, learn our DNA. Take our classes. Take our fresh start. Because you'll find our DNA. And you're going to find out this is one of the greatest, not the only vision, but it's one of the greatest visions God has given mankind, I believe. And it's such an awesome privilege to be a part of it. Get to know our DNA. Learn it from the roots up. See, we know we're here to advance the kingdom of God, not our own kingdom. We're not just a family. We're an army of God. An army is made up of different ranking officers. Each one is trained and equipped to carry the responsibility and authority of that rank. The higher the rank, the greater the responsibility and the greater the authority. As the army of the Lord, we're unified. First, by our love for God. That's the most important thing, by our love for God. Second, by our love for each other. We love each other. That's why we open our homes. That's why we do what we do, because we love each other. That's what the life groups are all about, loving each other, loving on each other, communication, counseling, prayer. That's what we do. Thirdly, by our love for the lost. That's why we go out. We're doing shotgun. It's going to be a great soul-winning opportunity for each and every one of us.
And let me give a little plug right now. On August 1st, we're going to have a casting call. So if you want to be in the drama, I mean, we, we got positions for every point of ministry. We got a, there's a lot of work, a lot of labor that's going to go into this thing. But as far as onstage drama, August 1st, we're going to have some readings, casting calls. So we'll be sitting there. We're going to try you out in some parts. Amen? So I hope you sign up or you show up, and we'll do that. And, let, and fourthly, our commitment to the vision. Everyone here is committed to the vision. All of our churches are committed to the vision, the vision that Jesus Christ gave Pastor Sonny Argonzoni Sr. That is our vision. That's our vision. It hasn't changed. It's not going to change until Jesus comes. See, we're unified and bound together by our commitment to the vision and mission that God has given us. That's what keeps us together, man. That's why you can go anywhere in the world and Victor Outreach's family. I don't care where you go. You say you're from VO. Hey, come on. Come, come to my house. Come on. Get over here. That's what I love about Victor Outreach. You can travel the world and not spend a dime. Is this on? But not for that reason, but because we got family. I mean, I'd rather stay with family than stay in a hotel. Because family, you get home cooking, you get some loving, you know, you get all that stuff. It's great. But see, we got to go through a process. God has to break you out of the crowd. He's got to separate you from the mainstream. And see, the problem is a lot of people get caught up in the mainstream. They want to follow what everybody else is doing. We're not like that. There's a lot of churches doing a lot of good stuff. We're not like that. We got our own vision. We got our own peculiar people. Amen? We have leaders who think outside the box. How many churches do church, church on the lake? I did Easter service in a cemetery in the Philippines. And Good Friday, we had a whole weekend every day. And we had like 300 people that lived in a cemetery got saved. We think outside the box. Because it's not in the walls of the church, it's outside. That's our church. Hayward is our pulpit, the world is our congregation. Pastor Steve. <laughs> Amen? See, when you think outside the box, People tend to look at you funny. What? They don't understand that you're different. They don't understand that. Because you have a radical vision. Radical times call for radical vision. You're not satisfied with the status quo. Is everybody with me? We don't want to be like everybody else. We're, no, we don't want to do that. At first, it's hard because you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're isolated. Friends and even family will think you're crazy. But look at your neighbor and tell them that's just part of the training. If they don't think you're crazy, then you're not being trained. It's part of the training. Part of the training. See, we don't rely on the major consensus of everybody else for our confirmation of God's will. No, we get straight from the source. God tells us to move, we move. God says, go here, we go here. God says, go there, we go there. We don't listen to the world. We listen to God. Our Victory Irish movement is an army that requires extreme commitment. 
commitment to the cause. We have a cause worth dying for, but we want you to live for it. Extreme loyalty. We're loyal to our leaders. We back our leaders up. We have extreme passion for lost souls. See, it's a position that's hard because sometimes you're misunderstood. Why does that church want your time so much? It's not about the church. It's about God. It's about God. You know what's funny? If we would just tithe our time to God, just a tenth, a tithe, 24 hours in a day, right? 2.4 hours a day giving to God, working diligently, passionately. You know how much change we can make happen in this room? Just that. Just that. That would make a big impact in the city and beyond. Are you with me? See, people are going to think you're an extremist. You're out of control because you don't fit the usual box. Religious people will condemn you because when you're radical for Jesus, you know what? You show their lack of passion. They see you so radical and doing stuff for God. They say, oh, no, no, he shouldn't do that. Why? Because they don't do nothing. They don't do nothing. Remember John the Baptist? He was pretty radical. He wore a camel hair shirt, uh, suit, I guess they call it. He lived in the desert, and he ate bugs. That's off the hook. They thought he was crazy. But maybe he was, but he was crazy for Jesus. That's all I know. Remember the woman who broke the alabaster box and poured it on Jesus' feet? She was questioned right when she did it. What a waste of ointment. It could have been sold for a year's wages. But who would dare call anointing Jesus a waste? Stingy religious people. Nobody here. See, God's not looking for a don't rock the boat, don't disturb anybody kind of church. He's looking for a radical church. He's looking for radical people. They're going to do whatever it takes to see the kingdom come to pass. Men and women that stand on the word of God, they don't have to worry about being politically correct. They're God correct. They stand for the truth. We speak the word with God's conviction. We don't care. If they don't like us, too bad. Get in line. See, our church is going to be the one that leads the way with passion. That's what we do. That's who we are. See, we're leading the way into places where the mainstream church will not go. And we're bringing those treasures out of darkness into the light. That's why we're shaking the bay. And we're really going to shake the bay. We got teams that are going to go out all around the Bay Area. We're not just shaking Hayward. We're shaking the bay for Jesus. We're getting a big venue. It's, I, I looked at the schematic. It's awesome. I can't wait to see it visually. But it's awesome. Is this going to be one of the greatest events we've ever put on? Do we need a million people to do it? No. Just a handful of passionate people. You. You're the ones that are going to do it. And God's going to anoint it. God's going to bring people in. We're going to see a change. We're going to see things happen. We're going to see revival. I believe God's going to do great things through this drama. See, this isn't for those that are looking for a comfortable, air-conditioned, padded pew church. No. You can get comfortable in these padded pews. Get pewitis. 
This is for people who are passionate for God, who know their mission is to evangelize the world. That's who it's for. Go make disciples and advance the kingdom. That's what it's all about. See, we're not the traditional church. God has set us apart. We're different. We're peculiar. Look at your neighbor and say, you're extraordinary. Look at your other neighbor. They don't believe you. You are extraordinary. I believe whenever God sees us move and God, God uses us, he, just, he must look at us and go, <laughs> look what I did. Look what I did. Because look who he's using. We were the worst case scenario in anybody's book. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa. But God uses us to take cities, to talk to, to mayors and different congressmen, these different people, man. It blows my mind, the people I've met while in Christ. When I used to run away from authority, authority seeking me out now for different reasons. <laughs> no more handcuffs. Whew. Hallelujah. God is good. But see, that's what God does in your life. And God's probably laughing about that. See, yeah, look what I did. I know some people are going to be, they're not going to like this sermon here because they're comfortable. And perhaps they're satisfied. But that's not who this is for. This is for the ones that have passion. This is for the ones that say, you know what, I may be a little, you know, maybe I haven't been as passionate as I should be, but I know there's more. I know God can use my life. It doesn't matter what I did in the past. It doesn't matter who I've hurt in the past because God's going to turn it around for his honor and glory. I'm going to be able to witness to people. I'm going to be able to make families right again. I'm going to be able to use the giftings and talents and abilities that God has given me to win souls for his honor and glory. See, a lot of people like to fall in line and walk around doing what everybody else is doing, hearing the same thing, saying the same thing, doing the same thing. On our church, there's a special anointing. Are you with me? It's for breaking through. It's for breaking in and breaking out. We belong to the devil casting out church, the healing the sick, setting the captives free church. That's who we are. We get uncomfortable when things get predictable. I was talking to Pastor Greg the other day. He goes, things are going too good. I'm expecting a hit. But that's how it is. When things are going too easy, we know something's right around the corner. Because we know, man, when it's too predictable, see, we get uncomfortable when things get too easy. We get uncomfortable. It's like, I can't take this now. I got to do something. Because passion will agitate you. It'll agitate you inside where you can't sit still. I'm not talking about speed. Amen. But you can't sit still because the Holy Spirit is working in your life and it begins to bring agitation in your spirit and you've got to do something for God. There's a fire caught up in your bones. You're burning. You've got to go out. You've got to preach the gospel. You've got to lay hands on somebody. You've got to do something because you're agitated. You can't just sit around and hang out. If you want to get agitated, hang around the youth. They'll agitate you in a positive way. Amen. See, here's the difference. When we pray, 
we expect the devil to get nervous. When we pray, we expect something to happen. We expect to get misunderstood sometimes. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It doesn't matter what people think. I just care what God thinks. It doesn't matter. Are we perfect? No. But we're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. I'm closing, but I got to say one more thing. I'm going to save 15 minutes for Greg next time he needs it. Joshua 6.2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. See, for the heart of the bay, God's word is, I have given you this city. This word is not for sleepy, comfortable, convenient, indifferent, lukewarm people. This word is for victory outreach. I'm proud to be a part of this family, but I'm also glad that God has called me into this army. If you're a part of this great movement and you're glad to be in the army, there is a special anointing that's about to flow from heaven upon your life right now. See, God is anointing us to take this city. See, Jericho, if you look at the name and the meaning of Jericho, it means city of the moon or a fragrant place. See, the root words, there's two roots. One means moon, and one means to breathe, to smell, to smell with pleasure, to delight in. See, Jericho was a fragrant offering to the Lord. That was the first city they took in the promised land. When we go out and we begin to take cities, it's a fragrant offering to God. Are you catching this right now? Hayward is a fragrant offering to God. Union City is a fragrant offering to God. Fremont is a fragrant offering to God. San Jose is a fragrant offering to God. San Leandro, San Lorenzo, Oakland, San Francisco, Richmond, these are fragrant offerings to God. Every city that we put our feet and we begin to take, we begin to win souls, it is a fragrant offering to God. We don't do it for ourselves. We do it to glorify God. That's why we do what we do. That's who we are. We're victory outreach, heart of the bay. God takes pleasure when we advance the kingdom. See, he has anointed us to take cities. He's anointed us to take countries. He's anointed us to take continents. We have to rise up and take the city anointing. We have to take the country, take the world, take over anointing. That is the anointing God has placed upon us. When James Calver went out as a missionary to the cannibals of the Fiji Islands, the captain of the ship that brought him there tried to turn him back by saying this. You will lose your life and the lives of those with you if you go among such savages. Calvert's reply shows the cost of commitment. He said, we died before we came here. That's the cost of commitment. Dying to yourself. It's not our will, it's God's will. It's not our glory, it's God's glory. That's who we are. Many have given their lives for this vision that we enjoy right now. They've paved the way for our generation. It's our turn to take the mantle. Gang, it's your turn. It's your turn. We're paving the way for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. We need men and women that are committed. They got a backbone. They're committed to the cause. It's time to die to self. You know, recently, a few months back, 
a bunch of Egyptian Christians gave their life. They were beheaded by ISIS. And I was watching an interview of one of the pastors. Well, he was a pastor, an Iranian pastor. And I was watching an interview last night, actually. And the pastor's wife, she had the joy of the Lord. She just lost her husband. She has two babies. And she said, I was so proud of him. He did not deny our Savior. That's what it's all about. We don't want you to die for the, We want you to live for the cause. We want you to be on the front lines, making an impact in this world. God, the heart of God is crying out, die for me, live for me. Give your life. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. And Lord, we all fall short. Every single one of us. But still, you chose us. Before the foundation of the world, before you formed us, you knew our names. Our calling was already in heaven. Everyone you brought to Victory Outreach is here for a specific reason, a specific purpose. Not to die, but to live. To live for the cause that you have given us. To live for this vision. This is such a great vision that you've given our church. I pray your Holy Spirit begins to move. Convict us from our comfort zones. Convict us to be more like you, to love more like you, to act more like you, to live more like you.